0: This moment, do you truly believe that God loves you unconditionally as you are and not as you should be? Do you? Seen that beautiful or desirable?
1: Well, good morning and welcome again to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, for those of us visiting online or watching online, thank you for joining us as well. And if you are new, thank you for being here. I uh, hope today will be a blessing to you. Uh, before I dig in too much to our new sermon series, I do want to give a little shout-out. So we had our very first press youth lock-in this weekend. So let's give our leaders and all the kids who were a part of that a big round of applause. What is amazing about all of this is a good majority of the leaders who help with that are actually serving today as well. So that's that speaks to to their character right there. The fact that they would go a whole sleepless night from Friday to Saturday and then come and serve again on Sunday morning. So for all you did help, I got to, I got to come for a little bit. I got to do the fun stuff. I got to come. I didn't have to set up or do any of the organization. I got to come and play some games and dance with the kids and make a fool of myself. And you know, it was, it was a good time, but they had a, they had a blast. It was awesome. And it's really exciting to see that, that going on. Um, Hey, if you have youth, and they didn't get to go, hey, make sure you're keeping an eye on. We have some awesome leaders. Our youth leaders are doing fantastic. Um, it's very exciting to see what's going on uh, with that ministry. But as you see, we have a brand new sermon series today called Dangerous Grace. What does that mean? We've all heard amazing grace. What about dangerous grace? Why is it dangerous? It's dangerous because it starts to tear down the boxes that we like to put ourselves in the box, if, if I do it the right way, I'm safe. If I fulfill these religious activities, I'll go to heaven. It's dangerous because we can't earn it. We could try to you know, fight against the notion that grace is free and tirelessly try and try to earn it. Or you could embrace the fact that you have grace and fall into complacency. It's dangerous because the people you think Jesus would condemn are actually the ones that he defends. What do we do with that? It's dangerous because when you extend that grace, you could receive backlash from those who call themselves brothers and sisters in Christ. It's dangerous because Jesus ultimately gave up his life to give it to us. The grace that Jesus demonstrates for us forces us to move out of our comfort zone. And that feels dangerous. So the heart of this series is for us to recognize the grace that we've been given so that we can extend that to others around us. We talk about wanting to make a difference in our community. And so this is the heart of this series. We wanna make a difference in this community by influencing unbelievers through the grace that God has shown us. We've been given an amazing gift And that gift doesn't make us any better, but we have to recognize just how good it is. And we have to realize that we are all in need of that grace. So over the next five weeks, we're gonna dig into what this dangerous grace looks like. But for today, the pastors, we actually got to get back in the car this week. We've been been away for a couple weeks and started to talk about dangerous grace. Let's watch this video. been in the car together for a know, while it's been a few you weeks know. has anybody missed the the car videos? no one cares <laughs> <laughs> why are you guys why doing are you yeah, why are you guys <laughs> you guys just like to see yourselves on video you know no, that's not true that's like that. the total opposite. <laughs> every week i have to watch myself Ugh. hear all the stupid things that come out of my mouth We gotta hear it too. (laughs) You have to hear it throughout the week. (laughs) And then on Sunday. (laughs) So, new series though. I'm excited for this. Woohoo! Dangerous Grace. Yeah. That sounds uh, dangerous. dangerous. (laughs) It It can be. Uh, But the heart of it, the heart of this series, is really sharing
2: our faith. There's a, there's a lot of reasons, basically, why oh, we don't share right. our faith. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this with someone the other day, and I think the problem is is that we don't recognize that we've been rescued. Yeah. We use the word saved sometimes. Yeah. Not, not a cool word.
0: No.
2: <laughs> we've been rescued. Yeah. And when you think about that, yeah. about yourself, you've been rescued. And it, it may not feel like that in the moment. Because you're just going, well, I'm still a mess, you know? Mm. Yeah, you might have... (laughs) I'd like to use another word all over (laughs) you, right? Uh,
0: But, you know, you've still been rescued. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you really can embrace that and understand that, it's like, wow, it doesn't matter that my life's not all together. I've still been rescued. Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that is one of the downsides of of um, faith that's been pushed, almost like the prosperity gospel sort of thing. Like we follow Jesus and everything's going to be great. Right. And then you look at your life and everything's not great. Yeah. Right. And so, so, how, so I how can I share yeah. that? Because my life still is uncomfortable right and my life still isn't how I want it and I still do things that I don't want to do right and I'm really not the best representation of this you yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. know you're not right yeah exactly <laughs> they're gonna have expectations
1: they'll yes. have expectations yes. That, yes. right yeah. and I mean they're from something
2: yeah. yeah the reality is is we're all really broken I mean there's people uh, uh, all around us we're str- we we are struggling with alcoholism mm-hmm. porn addiction other sexual addictions Mm -hmm. i mean drug addiction lying greed (laughs) right like every bit of it we're all everybody in this room and in this car like we're struggling with things Mm -hmm. right and so people have this idea of like well if i go into a church it's going to be all these perfect people and then i have to put on Mm -hmm. a particular look to fit in with these perfect people Mm -hmm. to camouflage myself it's like No, actually, if you want to camouflage yourself, just be real with it
1: <laughs> <laughs> because we're all a mess, right? Yeah. You know, like Jason said, it's like, what if they actually? So you invite somebody, they actually come to church with you. Now what? What if they don't like my church? Right. What if it's awkward to them, or what if, yeah. you know, somebody speaks to them in a weird way? And that was like the, you know, we we played many gods in a sense. Like, well, that was their one chance to get saved, yeah. and right. I've ruined it.
2: Yeah. Right, God's not gonna rescue right. them. Right, and I do think
1: we have that thing, and, and I
2: wouldn't want to ever take away from. Yes, absolutely, invite people to church, but. I don't think that's the first place we should start. Right. It's like just be friends with people. Yeah. Have a relationship with people. Yeah. And and be authentic with them, right? Yeah. And now I say that and I struggle with it too. <laughs> okay? So it's not like I'm I'm like telling everyone else right. to do this and I've got it all worked out. Right. I don't, but just authentic,
0: right. Uh, right.
2: I'm working on it, right? yeah. you know. But I, this dangerous grace that we talk of is that it doesn't necessarily play in the lines of what we think it, the right and wrong should be. Uh, and that feels unsafe. That's yeah. why it is dangerous because yeah. the church has so long relied on your yeah. in, you're out type Ganky. mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And when you take that away and you go, God has grace for you, it's okay. Like yeah. whatever it is, whatever it is, when you can say that and say, God's grace is sufficient yeah. that feels dangerous if you're living by the
0: world's standards yeah Luke 19:10. I've come to seek and to save the lost right uh, well that means he had to go to the lost right in order to be with them and to, to introduce them to the kingdom of God and the reality of this kingdom is upside down and it's not made up of the religious elite and the people who have their life together and put on this veneer of shininess yeah it's the the ragtag group of sinners and and sick people and broken people who just realize they need god yeah Yeah. and that's that's what the church is and as soon as we admit that and embrace that we can be a lot more confident inviting people Mm -hmm. to be part of our community right
1: yeah yeah that's really good so I'm titling this message, Us and Them. Us and Them. In almost everything that we do in life, we compartmentalize us and them. You can even say us versus them. We do it in sports. We do it in business. We do it all over the place. Us and them. The haves and the have-nots. And everything's, you know, everything's a competition. This or this. Mac versus PC. Coke versus Pepsi. Ohio State versus Team Up North. You know, got that. We got the Olympics going on. USA versus everybody else. It's, It's all competition. Republican versus Democrat. We're constantly living out life in this way of us and them. And we have to be on the right team, right? I'm on the right side of the us and them. We do it the right way. We see that in our spiritual walk. We see that in churches. It's like, well, our church, we, we follow Jesus the right way. We read the scriptures more correctly than others. And we get this self-righteous, I'm doing it right, I have it right, I'm better. And all it does is produce pride and self-righteousness, and arrogance. But that's what we do. We've talked about this before, this comparison trap that we all fall into. How do you know you're doing good? Well, I compare based on somebody else. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't do things, I, I do things better than this. And so I know I'm, I know I'm in, in a safe space. So how do we stop falling into this trap? How do we stop falling into this us and them trap? We're gonna look at a parable today that, that Jesus told. So if you do have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 18. And we're going to dig into this a little bit. The parable we're going to be reading is called the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. And it says this. To some who were confident of their own self-righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. In some translations it says... One was a despised tax collector. I'll hit more on that a little bit later, but it says, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a 10th of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me a sinner. I tell you, this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the first point I wanna wanna highlight today is this, God is not impressed with your self-reliance. God is not impressed with your self-reliance. What do we see from the Pharisee? The, The Pharisee comes up and it's all about him. All right? It's all about me, how, how good I am. I'm, I'm so thankful I'm not like this. I do all of these good things. Look how good I follow Jesus. I fast twice a week. Me, me, I, I. It's all about me, my reliance, how good I am. And self-reliance is, is not uncommon. It's, it's pretty common in our culture. It's often celebrated. I, I was looking up you know, just searching online and I, I found more, I feel like I felt, found more blogs about how good self-reliance is versus how bad it is. You know, we, we, we like to be self-reliant. It's, it's about me and how good I can do. And I think one of the biggest issues with this is when it comes to our faith. We interact with God on the basis of how good we are. If, if I'm doing really good, then, I'm, then, then God's happy with me. If I'm doing bad, God's not, God's not happy with me. Or we get this, again, this self-righteous thing. Well, at least I don't do it like this. Who's ever thought that before? We look at, well, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. At least I don't, you know, talk like so-and-so. Again, this comparison thing. I don't drink as much as this guy or this girl. I don't lie as much as so-and-so. I think we've all done that. We get in this box where we're, we're so self-reliant on me doing the right thing, and God loves me so much. Man, I'm doing this so well. And you see this a lot in church. We start to grade sins differently. And all it does is it leads again to self-righteousness. And what do we see Jesus calling on the Pharisees all the time? Self-righteousness. How good they are. And while I do think this is very prevalent, what I was thinking about, it, I think a lot of us may actually compare ourselves more to the tax collector. I mean, within church you're gonna find self righteous people. That's that's it's there. But I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, I, I bet a lot of our people think of themselves like the tax collector. They're like, I yeah, I'm not I'm not very good. I do a lot of bad stuff. I think that's great. I think, I mean, that's, it's, it's good to, to be in a place of needing God, but that can also lead to something bad. It can lead to this self-deprecation. It can lead to this, I'm not worthy. But what do we see the tax collector do? In verse 13, it said the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me, a sinner. I think this is, this is a great place to be. It's humbling, but it's a great place to be. This recognition of just, you know what? And he even puts himself, he like puts himself back, you know, out of, the, out of the spotlight, off to the side. And he says, I can't do it on my own. My second point today is this, our biggest recognition should be our need for God's mercy. And so what the tax collector did, he recognized the fact he needs God's mercy. If this can be our starting point, man, we're in good space. Because at the end of the day, We all need God's mercy. I don't care how good you do it. I don't care. I mean, you see it all through scriptures. That's what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees did the law, the Levitical law, all that mosaic law, better than everybody else. And all it did was lead to self-righteousness. I think they could do it on their own. I'm going to do it all by myself. And time after time, you see Jesus calling that out. Calling that out. The self-reliance, and even with this tax collector thing, he he wasn't trying to justify himself. He didn't make excuses. He couldn't even look up, but he did recognize his need. This is the posture that we must take. We absolutely need need God's help. I need God's help. We said in the video, we all need God's help. This. This is the beginning steps to us getting out of this us and them mentality. When you can see the hurt and the pain of somebody else and recognize I have that same hurt and pain. You, you hear the stories about those you know, bullies in high school. You, know, you got this, this bully and he's always picking on people and then you, you, know, you follow the bully home and you see him get into his house and, and you see he has a abusive father who beats on him. And all of a sudden this mean bully that nobody likes and is afraid of, now you see just how broken he truly is. You now start to soften your heart to realize, man, he's a product of his environment. He doesn't have love. And so he then plays this, this role and tries to be something in front of other people. And so, for us as we are interacting with people around us if we can have that same heart to realize look we all come we all come from hurt we all have experiences in our lives that have broken us we all have things that we'd like to forget about but yet when we look at people all we see is the us and the them we see the things that we don't like we see the things that we don't agree with well they like that and i don't like that and i wouldn't do that And so we start judging them. And that's a lot of times what happens in the church. We get into this place, this self-righteous place. If we have, you know, we're doing it right and we're better and we're gonna... And really what it just looks like is us playing that we're better than somebody else. And so when we recognize the mercy that God's given us, that our need for God's mercy, we can then extend that we can then begin to say, you know what, I I need it just as much as this person. One of my last points is this, that pride separates, but humility lifts up. Pride separates, but humility lifts up. In thinking through this story, the Pharisee came in pride, in this comparison game of I'm better, you know gosh look at look at look at this tax collector i said i'd get back to that tax collectors were like they were hated and they were hated because of what they did their very their very job was despicable to the jews around them like you are you are terrible you're working for rome you're like you're you're going against everything that you are I was trying to think about that. Like, what, what would be a job that is like that? Like, a job that's like, just the fact that you do that job, you're terrible. That's, that's the viewpoint of the Pharisee to the tax collector. Like, your very nature, the very essence of who you are is just despicable. And so, in him doing that, all he does is separate. All that does is Separate. There's no connection there. It's it's, it's just separation. And he's just perpetuating that us versus them mentality. I've got it right. I'm so good. He's a sinful mess. I'm better. But yet, the tax collector humbled himself. And if we look at that, the the, the end of that, it it says he humbled himself. And then what happens at the end? It says, I tell you this rather than the other, he went home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humbled themselves were exalted. He was exalted. He was lifted up because of his humility. And now we have to be careful. I was thinking about this. You could very well be that tax collector that, that had God's grace and God's mercy. And you could very well turn into the same thing where you're now comparing yourself and saying, well, I'm glad I'm not the tax collector. That's self-righteous. And we've just fallen into the same trap. We've fallen into the same trap of comparison of us versus them. And now you're starting to, to try to, to put yourself higher than somebody else. Look, we're all on the same playing field. We are all on the same playing field. I'm on the same playing field as you. The pastor's all on the same playing field. We screw up. We need God's grace. We need God's mercy. And that is the first point. That's the first way of us getting to a point where we're actually interacting with people in a way that is healthy and interacting at a place where people see God's love and there, His grace and the need for His mercy. In my opening, I mentioned that the heart of this series is that we wanna make a difference in this community by, by influencing unbelievers to see the grace that we've been given. Showing them the same grace that we've been given. I truly believe if we live out a space that we are giving grace to those around us, that we will change this community. And when we talk about changing this community, it comes down to to people understanding that they are loved by God. We talk about embracing your identity in Christ. Your, Your identity in Christ is that you're loved by God. For God so what? For God so loved the world. not for people did so many good things that Jesus decided to die. No, it's like God loved you so much that he sent his son. That is, that is the identity that we live in. That is the place that we live in. And no matter where we are, if we're broken and we're, we feel more like the tax collector, or maybe we're the Pharisee, and we've been working so hard to do the right thing, We've been work, we, 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 we try so hard to do the right thing that we've become self-righteous. And we look down on everybody else who doesn't do what we do. Whatever side of that you fall on, you still need God's mercy. You still need God's grace. And so I encourage us as we, as we continue on in life, the people that you interact with on a daily basis, interact with them in mercy and in grace. So in our desire to make a difference in this community, we have three guiding principles that I'd like to highlight today. And we've, we've, we've talked through them this summer, but the first one is this, pursue Christ. This is a guiding principle, pursue Christ. The second guiding principle is to commune with each other. And the third guiding principle is to influence unbelievers. Over, over this whole summer, each of these series that we've had have connected to these guiding principles. We had the Chase early on talking about pursuing Christ. We had the Together series talking about communing with each other. And now this, Dangerous Grace talking about the fact that we've been given radical grace. And sometimes living out of that grace can feel dangerous, but I believe that it's the way that we influence those around us that don't know Christ. We've been given a beautiful gift and if we're gonna try and act like we're better than somebody else, or that we don't need that, it's just (laughs) off-putting. At some point, it's just off-putting. It's hypocritical. You cannot do enough good to earn God's love or grace. And yet, what do we do? We work so hard to get people to do all these right things. How about we adjust our hearts To be humble before God. How about we adjust our hearts to to know that you know what? I need grace. And if I need grace, somebody else needs grace too. As we continue in this series, I'm going to continue to highlight our press five. I don't know if you guys if you if you're fairly new with us, you may haven't may have not heard us talk about this before, but press five. This is a really simple way that, that we feel like we can begin in a, in a very applicable, tangible, practical way to help those who are around us that don't know Christ. And the first thing, we said press five. So find five people that you know that aren't, that aren't following Christ. Write down their names. And the first thing you wanna do is pray for them. Just begin to pray for them. The second thing, reach out to them. Send them a text. Hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you. The third thing, eat with them. We all like to eat. I like to eat. When you eat with somebody, it breaks down walls. But eat with them. Next, serve them. If you're praying for them, if you're reaching out to them, if you're eating with them, you're going to find a way or see a need in their life, serve them. Help them. Do something practically tangible for them. You know, in scripture, when it says, love God, love others, that love others, love your neighbor as yourself, it talks about being beneficial to them. There's a beneficial element of that statement. Be beneficial, serve them. And then the last one is share. Be willing to share what God has done for you. You don't have to share a bunch of scriptures. You don't have to do any of that. You say, you know what? I was lost and now I'm found you know my life my life didn't look like how i wanted it, and i submitted to christ and and he's he's changing me i can't even explain it he's changing me that this is real practical begin to pray it's the first thing and and maybe you pray for a while but begin to pray i really feel and this is you know, my, my struggle every week is, man, did I say this emphatically enough? I probably didn't. I need to be more emphatic. I need to raise my voice more so you guys know just how emphatic I am. Like, this is a big thing. This us and them that we're talking about, and even this series, Dangerous Grace, we need God's grace and mercy in our lives. And if we lead out an example of that, it's so key, it's so big because that's not what the people usually think of churches or Christians. I shared with some of our leaders, You know, most of the people in this community at best think we're irrelevant. Most people think church is irrelevant. How can we show them the love of God? And it doesn't start with saying you're wrong or you're doing something I don't agree with. It starts with, let me tell you about the grace that God gave me. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for those here and those watching online, those who may end up watching this. God, I pray that we would start to break down these barriers of us and them, that we'd break down these barriers, that we're better. God, we're we're all in the same place, and we've recognized our need for a savior. We've recognized our need for you, and that only through you and through your grace, God, are we made right. We're justified through you, God. We can't earn that. God, I pray that, that we would truly make a difference in this community, that we would influence other people, that we would influence unbelievers through this grace that you've given us, showing them that we're on the same playing field. that we need you. God, I pray that we would would start with that. We need you, God. God, use us, lead us, guide us, give us wisdom. Show us the people that you want us to pray for. Show us the people that you want us to talk to. And I pray that we wouldn't live in self-righteousness, but we also wouldn't live out of a place of being just terrible. God, you have made us new. It is through you that we are justified, God. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen.